Wrestling fam, wrestling squad, you guys, what is up? This is your host, M. Led on the mic. I missed you. I'm so happy to be here talking to you again. I'm not going to lie. I'm trying to make my voice sound happy, but I just need to keep it real with you guys. My heart is feeling kind of heavy. Some shit has gone down uh, the past couple weeks. I actually lost a family member last week. I wanted to originally bring you guys what I promised in the last episode, which was the first episode out of 10 that would kind of speak to the top 10 lessons that I've learned that have helped me with my confidence. But I'm not going to lie, it felt pretty fake when I have been going through these emotions to come to you talking about confidence when that's not really what's on my heart. I wanted to talk instead about feeling our emotions, about letting ourselves feel both negative and positive emotions in life because it was my cousin who passed away unexpectedly. Being at his memorial service this past week, it's just given me a lot to think about, about life and how we a lot of times will push down emotions that are really difficult to feel like grief and loss. And so today I I just want to talk through you know, why we try to avoid negative emotions in our life and why sometimes we keep ourselves from feeling positive emotions and how that can be really bad and what happens when we do that and how we can cope with emotional numbness and grief. What are some ways that we can let ourselves feel through that really hard stuff? I just want to keep it real with you guys. Again, I don't I don't want to just come here and act like everything's all positive and dandy and you can just flip a switch because that's that's not how I'm feeling and that's not the example that I want to set for you guys either. So please don't be mad at me that we're not talking about confidence today. I'm sorry. Okay, I will get you that content, but let's just keep it real and talk about this today, okay? This life lesson of feeling our emotions also ties in really perfectly with kind of the theme of my life, I guess, over the last couple years. Um, I've mentioned in previous episodes that there was a point that I reached in my life where I realized that I had stopped being me. And if you know anything about me, I am a very, very deep feeling sensitive person. Growing up, I have always been a very fiery, kind of spicy individual. I never hesitated to speak my mind growing up. I always felt really big, whether that was my highs or my lows. Going through life some different things that happened, just different things over time made me hard. It made me stop fully expressing myself. It made me shove down my emotions. I stopped voicing my true thoughts. I stopped being honest about how I really felt about things. I was people pleasing all the time and just like being who I thought everyone else wanted me to be. And I stopped letting myself feel After being in therapy for 10 months and going through this mental health transformation I keep mentioning, really the core of what I've learned is that I have to let myself freaking feel. I thought this came full circle with my cousin's death. I wasn't particularly close with this this cousin. And so I was watching his parents and his siblings and his children mourn his loss. And being in that position and not being directly hit with the same grief that they were feeling, but like my heart breaking for them, it kind of gave me this unique lens where, you know, I'm sitting back and watching them go through all of these emotions of both joy and pain and suffering and positivity and negativity all in the same day. It was a whirlwind of emotions because you're putting to rest someone that you loved with all your heart. But then, you know, as we're there and 
we're all spending time together as a family, of course, there's like beautiful, joyful moments too. Like after the service and and after um, we went to the cemetery, we came back to my uncle's house and it poured down rain and all my baby cousins were there. You know, you have these cute little kids who are like frolicking in the rain as it's pouring down and there's so much laughter and we're all jumping on the trampoline together in the pouring rain and you know, there's hugs left and right, and there's laughter and jokes and joy. And all of that came accompanied by a day that was filled with so much sadness. And being in the position that I was in, I was feeling it all and observing it all. And I was like, holy shit, (laughs) life is so beautiful. And it's crazy to have that perspective on a day that's filled with so much sadness, but the two really go hand in hand. Like you can't have the joy without the pain. Like it's it's a part of life and feeling all of that and observing all of that, it just, it got me really thinking about, you know, how we go through life and just try to avoid these negative emotions a lot of times because they're really heavy. And a lot of times it can be so freaking hard to let ourselves feel that grief. And it's not lost on me that a lot of us kind of of shove that down. I I actually saw this podcast not that long ago. And it was a girl talking about how she deeply struggles with anxiety and depression. But if she was given the choice, if she was a little being up in heaven, and she was looking down at the world, and someone told her, if you go to the earth, you're going to experience all these highs and lows, you're going to experience authentic joy and beauty and success and achievement and happiness and love and all these amazing things, but you're also going to feel fear and anxiety and grief and loss and anger and pain. Would she still make the choice to go? If she had the choice and she knew that life would would be filled with all of those emotions, would she still go? And her answer was yes. And I loved that because that is the human experience. Like you're going to have the pain, you're going to have the joy, like you cannot have one without the other. And that's really what the theme of of today is going to be when we talk about this. I want to talk about, you know, why do we try to avoid negative emotions? Watching my my family grieve and just feel their emotions and just let everything out and happen, obviously a funeral is is a place where people where it's safe for them to do that and so seeing emotion like that in such a raw way it just made me think about like how different our lives would be if we allowed ourselves to actually feel our emotions like that all the time it's very socially acceptable for people to grieve at a funeral or to grieve at a memorial service but you kind of see this belief in our culture come up all the time where it's like be strong don't feel You're crazy if you react, you're weak if you cry, you're unstable if you let yourself feel your emotions. And obviously, we don't want to hurt other people as we are feeling our emotions. Like it's very important to be mindful of we don't want to destroy other people or blow up our life or theirs while we're feeling our emotions. And there's very healthy ways to feel them, right? But not feeling them at all and buying into this idea that if we stuff down, stuff down, stuff down, we will get through it. It's not healthy to do that either. My heart really goes out to men in our culture as well, because this applies to all humans. Like we're all told this narrative that we shouldn't feel, but men especially have always been put into this. You need to be the protector. You need to be the provider. You have to be strong. You can't feel. 
and our men are told basically not to ever be true to their emotions. They're told that crying is weak. They're told that feeling deeply is weak. Even men who treat their women with respect are called simps. Like men can't win when it comes to emotions. Like there's all these messages that they should not feel and that they should be stoic. And men, if you're listening right now, on behalf of all of us in the world, I'm sorry for everyone who has ever, ever made you feel like that. Because I personally, I find it so beautiful and so respectable when a grown man lets himself cry. And when a grown man lets himself feel my favorite men in this world, my favorite guy friends, my favorite men that I've dated have been the ones who own what they feel and say it out loud and don't leave you questioning. A man who set the bar for me really, really early was my dad. He is a man who has always just been very sentimental and emotional in a very beautiful way. He cried around me all the time growing up. I have so much respect and admiration for that. And I love that he set that example for me and my sister and my brother. Dad, I love you. Thank you for being a man who set such an amazing example of who we should be as human beings and for having so much integrity and showing up in life, being true to who you are and to what you feel. Um, and I recognize that not everyone is lucky enough to have a dad, a, a male figure in their life like that. Many men and women who struggle with feeling their emotions probably didn't have a role model like that in their life. I very much recognize that for the men who haven't been able to do that, there is a reason and that is a trauma response. And I hear you, I see you, and I'm sorry. And I hope that some of the messages, what I have to say, will kind of help you start thinking differently about feeling if that's you. This is also for my men out there because obviously I recognize I'm not a man. I don't fully understand what it is like to have that societal expectation to man up and be hard and not feel. And so I wanted to direct you to a resource. Full disclosure, I have not read this book, but the author of this book, Justin Baldoni, he is a producer and an actor and a social activist. And he has an amazing podcast and an amazing community that he calls Man Enough, Undefining My Masculinity. And just knowing who this man is and the other content that he has produced, I know that this book is worth checking out. It's called Man Enough by Justin Baldoni. If you are a man who has struggled with feeling his emotions, who has struggled with toxic masculinity, who has maybe grown up in a home or around people who made you feel like you couldn't actually be yourself and actually feel, you have to read this book, okay? I think it could be a really big step for you in learning to kind of undo that tendency to pent up your emotions and withhold what you're really feeling and thinking. I think that's a great place to start. Before this, I actually looked up some statistics and Harvard Health said that on average per month, women cry about 3.5 times, whereas men cry about 1.9 times per month. So women are almost doubling you there, men. And, and that's not surprising because look at our world, look at the messages that I just talked about. What's really interesting about crying, and I'm going to be honest with you guys, I am a very, very ugly crier, okay? <laughs> My dad actually it makes fun of me because when I cry, I'm like snotting all over the place. Like it's very ugly. Okay. I know it, whatever. I'm going to own my shit. But crying has always been my release. I always feel so much better after crying. Apparently this is a universal experience because crying actually 
releases oxytocin and endorphins, which are those feel-good chemicals, and they can help ease our emotional and physical pain. It's literally a release. So like when you're stuffing that down, you're not allowing yourself to process through whatever's coming up and that causes you to really bottle up what you're feeling to numb yourself. And it can actually lead to depression and anxiety. This is the same article from Harvard Health. It says that psychologists call this repressive coping. Studies have linked repressive coping with a less resilient immune system, cardiovascular disease and hypertension, and mental health conditions, including stress, anxiety, and depression. So when you're not letting yourself cry, you're negatively impacting your mental health, your emotional health, and your physical health. Crying is good. So freaking let it out, baby. Let yourself be the ugly freaking crier that you are. I know I am. I always feel better after I cry. It's good for you. So freaking let yourself do it, okay? Honestly, anytime that we're bottling up our, our negative emotions, we are keeping ourselves from fully experiencing the vastness of life. Being human means feeling the low moments, feeling the anger, feeling the sadness, feeling the grief, feeling the loss. And it's so important to let those emotions pass through our body. Okay, so to summarize, we've talked about why we don't like feeling negative emotions and why avoiding those emotions can be really bad. I think something that we, at least I don't hear talked about often is that we as humans also repress positive emotions sometimes too. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, let me explain. There's kind of this mentality that we have to earn our happiness, that we have to earn our joy. Kind of this mindset of once I get blank, then I can be happy. Then you know my life will feel complete. Then I can step into authentic joy. And it's like a reward. Like you almost make yourself work for it to be happy. We definitely see this a lot with like hustle culture, this grind mentality, like this perspective of never stop working, never stop grinding, never let yourself be satisfied or be happy with yourself. And you know, we've talked in other episodes, the confidence episode talked about how we are inundated with advertisements and brands telling us that we need more things to be happy with ourselves. So Overall, there's this cultural message of you can't be happy now, that's something in the future. And I think too, also, when there's a lot of grief in your life or regret or pain or some mistakes that you haven't healed from, there's almost sometimes like a guilty conscience. Like you don't let yourself feel happy or fall in love or enjoy your relationships with other people, whatever it is, you almost like withhold yourself from that because you're like punishing yourself for the past. You're convincing yourself that you don't deserve to feel happy. You don't deserve to feel joy because of all the ways that you've messed up in your life. It's great to take accountability for the things that you haven't done right. It's great to not try to make the same mistakes again and to make sure that you're disciplining yourself but you can't do that in a way that keeps you from experiencing authentic joy, you guys. You deserve to feel all of these beautiful emotions that life has to offer. You don't have to earn the right to, to be happy and to feel love. This is something I'll hold my hand up right now and just, and just be honest about. I have really struggled to let myself fall in love again. 
to catch feelings for anyone else because I've kind of gotten into this mindset of at least for a long time with my past relationship, I was feeling a lot of guilt about what I didn't do right and the ways that I had hurt my ex. I was kind of approaching love in an avoidant way, like being really careful about who I gave my time and energy to and just almost like make sure that they fit every single thing that I was looking for before I would even allow myself to flirt with the idea of being with them. And definitely there's like a logical, smart thought process behind that. Like you don't want to just like fall head over heels in love with someone who you're completely incompatible with. But I've also been in a position where I'm literally fighting what I feel for someone else because I'm so scared of messing up in the same way again. And then there's that little limiting belief in the back of my head, like, oh, you don't deserve that love. And I've seen this happen with other people in my life too, where they almost self-sabotage things that could go well. And they almost purposefully mess up things that could be really beautiful, whether that's a relationship or a job or a really positive life change. It's like we subconsciously self-sabotage what could be really happy because we almost want to like stay in this state of fight or flight. Your body wants to maintain homeostasis, like the same level of being all the time. So like if you've historically been in a fight or flight state and you have been struggling and you've been in pain and you've been in grief, and then you start to come out of that and you start to work towards more positive, healthy emotions, you will almost subconsciously sabotage those things to keep your body and your mind and your emotions in the same place that they were. I've seen so many different psychologists and um, people in the self-help world talk about this. We never let ourselves actually feel that joy. And that means that we never actually get those happy chemicals, that that serotonin, that oxytocin, um, those endorphins that we talked about. We never actually allow ourselves to feel authentic joy and we punish ourselves and we continue to play into that narrative that we don't deserve joy and we don't deserve happiness. We are almost committed to making sure that we never actually feel joy. And I think the first step there is being aware of that, being aware that we are self-sabotaging our happiness. How I've kind of had to talk back to this issue that's been coming up for me where I'm like not letting myself potentially fall in love or potentially catch feelings for someone else. I've kind of had to talk myself down from that and be like, Emily, you do deserve love. Emily, you do deserve to find happiness. And you haven't been perfect in the past and you haven't been an angel but you don't want to stay stuck in this weird mentality of, oh, I'm going to avoid love altogether because I don't want to mess up again. Or, oh, I'm going to punish myself because in the past I didn't, I didn't love perfectly. And when you actually say these things out loud, you realize how silly it is, how silly it is to punish yourself or withhold yourself from something that could be amazing. I think we have to accept that anything worth having in life, whether that's love or friendship or true joy, allowing ourselves to feel that also comes with risk. There is always the risk when you let yourself fall in love or when you enter a new friendship or when you take a new job that it could blow up in your face. There's always the potential for failure. There's always the potential to get heartbroken. Your ability to have all the things that you want 
actually comes from your willingness to experience their opposite. You can't have love unless you're willing to experience heartbreak. And you can't have joy unless you're willing to experience pain. It all goes back to what we were talking about earlier. You can't have one without the other. So when we are sabotaging ourselves and not letting ourselves feel positive or negative emotions, and we're just bottling up and emotionally numbing and shoving things down, how do we let these emotions pass through our body? How do we make sure that we're feeling them, that we're processing them, that we're acknowledging them and letting them letting them move through as they should? Well, I mentioned earlier, you have to be aware. That's always the first step in undoing any sort of negative behavior. You have to be aware that you're doing it. Do some self-reflection and really think about how often are you actually letting yourself feel in your day-to-day When's the last time that you cried? When's the last time that you had a venting sesh to someone that you're close to and told them about the feelings and thoughts that are really going on in your head? When's the last time you even did that? Be honest with yourself. Look inward. There are some times that I feel like we distract ourselves so much and we're so go, 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 and we're just going from one thing to the next that we never even stop and check in with ourselves and ask how we're feeling. For me, when I'm laying my head down at the end of the day, that's sometimes the first time that I even check in with myself. And a lot of times when I wait that long, it just keeps me up at night. Like I can't even fall asleep because I'm just like for the first time processing my day. I think disconnecting from our phones is a huge one. Get off your freaking phones, guys. You are distracting. You are numbing. You are not letting yourself truly live. You honestly need to make sure that you are getting your dopamine hits in a healthy way. TikTok and Instagram, sitting there and scrolling, that is not good for you guys. And that's a whole nother episode that I will make one day. But look at how you are spending your time. Stop distracting yourself and actually check in with yourself. Give yourself a chance to actually connect with how you are feeling so that you know what you're dealing with and you know what emotions you need to sort through. So let's talk about actually coping with emotional numbness and grief. I want to sit here and really call out the five stages of grief because I think it's important to to know what grief looks like and what emotions typically come up in the grief journey so that when they do come up, you can be prepared to actually let those emotions go through your body and be willing to experience them and acknowledge them as they come up. You often hear about the five stages of grief. I'll read out what those are. But before I do, keep in mind that these five stages are just kind of like a base model. Not everyone feels all five stages. I also want to mention that when we're talking about grief, this doesn't just have to do with losing a loved one to death. Grief can also be losing a job, losing a relationship, not to death, but like a breakup or a divorce or cutting someone out of your life that used to be really close with you for whatever reason. But the first stage is denial. In this stage, it's usually the shock factor of like, holy shit, I can't believe that happened. You're not really like feeling what's going on because you're still processing the fact that it's that it's even real. And so you're not really feeling anything yet. Then the second stage is anger. A lot of times anger will come up because something is taken from you that you loved so much. It triggers these feelings of this shouldn't have happened. This is so messed up. I can't believe this is going on. And maybe sometimes that anger is directed at other people or at God or 
at just the situation in general. Then you kind of enter into a bargaining situation. If X wouldn't have happened, then this loss wouldn't have incurred. Or if I had only done this, you know, maybe I wouldn't have lost this person or this thing or whatever. Then there's depression where you are kind of getting to the point where you're like, wow, this really did happen and there's nothing that I can do to change it. And this sucks. And you're letting yourself feel the emotion and it's really hard and it's really deep. And you're feeling those those feelings of depression and anxiety and true loss. And then the last stage is acceptance. And acceptance doesn't mean that all the feelings from the prior stages go away, but you are finally to a place where you can make peace with what happened. And maybe those emotions still come up, but they're not ever present in your mind and in your heart. And you've kind of gotten to a place where you're like, okay, yeah, this happened and I have to deal with it. I'll give you an example. When I went through my breakup in November, when my six-year relationship ended, my first response was to just kind of like be in denial that it even happened. I remember for the first few weeks, like, my family and my friends were checking in on me, asking me how I was doing with everything. And my first reaction was like, oh, I'm really, I'm really glad that I made this decision. You know, I feel at peace with it. Kind of plastering a smile on my face. Like I didn't really want to bring it up unless people asked about it. And so I was just kind of pretending to be okay, I guess. And that was definitely the denial stage. I definitely had an anger stage as well. Not long after that, where I was feeling really angry at my ex and really angry at myself, just mad that the relationship didn't work out because it was six years of my life that I had invested into this person. My bargaining stage was the longest and the hardest one for me. There were so many what ifs that came up for me during this time of if I had only done this differently, if I had only tried harder in this area, if I had only taken care of myself, if I had only done the hard work to get my mental health in a better place to have made the relationship work, maybe things would have been different. It's really hard when you invest a lot into a person or a dream or anything and it doesn't work out how you want it to. And it, it's really hard not to blame yourself. And again, grief is not linear. And there are going to be times where you think that you're fully healed and then it's 3am at night and you can't sleep and it hits you right in the face. And, and that's just real. I'm not going to lie to you. Then there's depression. This one hit me like a bus too. You know, like there were months where I just felt like shit about myself, to be honest. I felt really sad about the situation. It left a huge hole in my heart. And I'm to the point now where I'm not feeling that um, really at all anymore, which thank the Lord, because those feelings are very real. And then my acceptance stage, I've been in this stage for quite a while. I don't have a, a solid number of months, but I think for me, my acceptance stage has kind of been just laying to rest that relationship and letting go of the idea that it could ever get to a place where it could work again. Anyone or anything that you have lost to death, that shit hurts. And you are absolutely valid in every single emotion that you feel. And there is no right way to grieve. And there is no timeline for grief. And you are allowed to feel everything that you feel. I know that this was a little bit of a heavier episode and I'm not trying to bring the mood down, but I just had to keep it real with you guys, okay? Life is not linear. There are so many ups and downs. I think it's really important when things are on our heart to, to speak them and feel them and let these emotions pass through our body. Honestly, being able to come to you guys today and give you this message 
it's helping me to process everything that I've gone through in the past week or so. And being able to talk out loud with you guys has been just really helpful for me. Creating has been really helpful for me because even though I'm not going through the same kind of grief as the rest of my family, it's an interesting kind of grief in of itself watching other people grieve. So Thank you for giving me this space to talk and I hope that it helped anyone else who may be dealing with a season of grief or struggle in their life. Make sure that you are getting the help that you need if you are in a low place. There are therapists out there. There are doctors out there. There are so many different resources that can help you cope if you are going through a tough time. Let's keep wrestling with life, you guys. Let's grab life by the balls. Let's let ourselves actually feel our freaking emotions. If you haven't had a good cry in a while, let yourself cry, baby. It's okay. You don't have to do it in front of anyone else if you don't want to. You can do that in the privacy of your own room, your own home, whatever that looks like for you. Just let yourself freaking feel, okay? Life is beautiful and life is hard and life is painful and there's all these ups and downs all the time. But when we allow ourselves to really experience it, We allow ourselves to truly live. So go truly live, baby.